Hey, Jerry. Hey, J. Rob. How are you today? I'm good. I'm better than good. Yeah? Yeah. In fact, I'm a little bit mostly excited. Well, is it because it's that time? It is that time. What time is it? Time for the Jerry and J. Rob Covered All <laughs> Show. Hey, it's 2023. It is. It is. It we, is. I, I, we haven't done our show since last year. It's true. It's been a while. It's been a while. Boom. That's you a know. nice dad joke. The old well dad done. joke. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a new year. I'm excited. A lot of, lot of great things going on. That's true. That's and true. Uh, one of them being this show. That's right. And today I'm super excited. Because we have your friend and doctor, good friend, Dr. David Carmack. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Well, have you done? Yeah, thank you. It's good we to be here. By popular demand, you're back. That's awesome. You might be back again. I'd, I'd love to come back. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's uh, my, my 15 minutes of fame. I've hey, never really been on. Yeah. You know, you, yeah. We'll we'll give it to you. You're worth it. And all all 12 people that are watching <laughs> yeah, our show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sometimes it's 14. Come on, Jerry. Don't give us another step. Oh. So uh, today we are here because you were previously on a, on a, our podcast. Yeah. Slash YouTube channel, which YouTube, I think, buried us in the dark, deep dungeons of truth seeking. But anyway, um, but you were here and we kind of talked about, uh, in fact, the, the title was Government, uh, Medical, Community, and God, something like that. Yeah. And we kind of skimmed over some of the issues and prerogatives of the epidemic, the or pandemic, excuse me, mm -hmm. and um, you know some of the responses to it, including the COVID shot and whatnot, and therapeutics and what what things were kind of coming out of this whole encounter. But um, we, we touched on some things, and I, th I think we did a pretty good job talking about some stuff. But by popular demand, people want to hear a lot more about the depths that you've done and the studying that you have yeah. gotten from it. So you're, you're not a cardiologist, you're no. not a brain surgeon, <laughs> you're not an epidemiologist, but you are a doctor, yeah. pretty smart guy, and you spent a tremendous amount of time focusing on some of this stuff and looking into it. And I think as time has gone on, we, you know, reliving the 2019, 2020, mm -hmm. you know, episode, we had started out thinking, okay, what are we gonna do? What's happening? We got this massive chaotic situation. How are we gonna get past it? Yeah. And then suddenly it felt like the medical community was the new savior and coming in and we had a shot, We had a, which it mm -hmm. is a shot. I'm not gonna say it's a vaccine, because it's I, not. I agree with that. Um, we had a shot come out. I was glad that it came out because there was a tremendous amount of people dying and certain, you know, uh, maybe even certain demographics, mm -hmm. but whatever it was, a lot of people were dying. As that was taking place, we were looking at this situation and uh, there were changes in our government, there were changes in the political horizon. And as we moved forward, it began to feel off. The entire yeah. event felt off. Right. I am very much pro-freedom. And I think any time the government has to step in and make you do something, it's probably not a good idea. <laughs> I would agree with that. And this is the first time that I remember this coming to fruition. 
where the government was uh, putting out the banter of you had to do this, you must do this, you will do this, and it got right to the line. And I think, truly, I think if they could have pushed it a little further, they would have. Oh, sure. But I think we were at the precipice of how far this could go. Right. So, uh, briefly talking about the shot. Yeah. I know that personally I had received some information saying, hey, you better go get this or else. Mm -hmm. And the longer that went on, the internal mechanism inside of me said, no, I'm not going to do it. I I probably would have done it if nobody was forcing me to. Right. But the fact that somebody is going to forcibly make me do something, I was like, no way. I'm, I'm a CF guy. I already have pulmonary disease. I have lung disease. Why wouldn't I go get it? Right. If it's going to help me. Sure. But the moment you said you have to or you're going to lose your job or you may lose some kind of rights. We lost travel rights. We lost yeah. rights to see our families. Yep. Once that happened, I was out. Nothing more that I would do about that. So as I've carried on with my little monologue here, well, we, I, we want to talk to you and it sounds ask like you that, some stuff. It sounds like that you discerned that everything wasn't up to par. You know, you could sense that things were off. And, and that's how it was for me too. Um, it's hard to know where to start because there's so many different places we could go with it. Um, well, um, and it, you know, I stopped by your office one day and we had a good conversation. You kind of revealed to me about how much time and effort you've spent into uh, yeah. into this study, into different articles and different things. And, yep. um, you know, in, in coming, you know, asking you to come back on, you know, uh, because we feel like, you know, somebody, somebody out there studied. Yeah, so, right. So how, how much study have you put into this? You know, it's hard to say. I mean, when the circumstances came and I had to make some difficult choices and, you know, step away from my career and everything, there's, you know, you're ostracized, especially by your peers and everybody else. And so now you kind of feel like you're in a gunfight, only you're not going to go back to the gunfight with a knife you're going to come back with something better, right? right. And so, you know, you, you just make the decision that I need to stay afoot of everything, of, of the information coming out, the literature. It's not that I was being biased and trying to find things to to support my opinion. I, I wanted to get to the, the truth of everything because right. I, too, recognize right. that, you know, it didn't make any logical sense that the government is going to do a hostile takeover over medicine and say that we all have to take a brand new experimental gene therapy, multiple of them, or else. Right, right. Uh, and then, and then on the next breath, they'll say, "But it's safe and effective." And it's like, well, how do you know that? <laughs> right. There's no studies. Right. Um, you won't know if it's safe and effective until you've put it into the lab rats who are us. Right. And maybe in five years or so, we can decide whether it's safe and effective. And I think there's a lot of preliminary information and research coming out to demonstrate that a) it's not safe, and b) it's certainly not effective. I mean, even the FDA and CDC had to admit that it doesn't stop transmission or infection. So so b- before you carry on, I'd, I'd like to qualify you right quick. Yeah. Even before we started, you, you made it a point to say this is not conjecture, this is not some ideals or something, yeah. uh, because you have no value in that. You, right. you're, everything that you have is based on factual studies and stuff that you have come up with, uh, that you have found yeah. um, as best as we can find, sure. right? Because sure. it's very, 
something I've noticed because I, I looked this up before yeah. we had our meeting today and went through a ton of information from the CDC, from the, what is it, the Bear system, right. um, all that, that stuff that comes along with it. And what I've seen over and over again is a, um, a reluctancy to put out numbers. Oh, of course. It's very, it's yeah. a small amount. It's a small risk, small amount of people. I mean, let me give you an example. Rare. The Lancet, which is one of the biggest medical journals in North America, I think maybe number two under the New England Journal of Medicine, they got caught falsifying a study uh, regarding either hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin. And they actually used fake doctors, fake patients, and fake results wow. to demonize that drug. Now this is, you can't imagine the vetting system that's necessary when they bring in journals. They vet them to make sure right. that they're you know, randomized, perspective, good caliber. Right. Right. And, and, and so they got caught because there were doctors out there and scientists out there that you know, said, something doesn't pass the sniff test here and they started diving and they find out that it was all a ruse and of course the lancet had to make a public apology and retract the study granted no one got in trouble see if me or you lie to the government or lie to somebody they're going to come throw us in jail sure but if the lancet does it you know no one's going to be arrested no one's going to be prosecuted but nonetheless they lied about that so that's that's a perfect example of you know you're trying to you're trying to discern the truth it's difficult to discern the truth because you don't you can you have to look at everything that's come the material that you have right? right the first thing that happened to me was the way how fast everything came if, if you go back and you know we're three years into this so we're all desensitized right. um, we all suffer from cognitive dissonance desensitization it's old news so you have to really place yourself back in january of 2020 when this thing broke and out of nowhere, we were all being told that we had to stay home, you know, six, eight weeks, mandatory lockdown and all that. Go back to that era. I, I suspected greatly at that time that something was very strange. And I, I'm not going to go into the backstory, but I had predicted three to five years prior to that something of this magnitude was coming. And so me being suspicious of it, the first thing I did, being a doctor and researching journals, is I went onto the PubMed website on the NIH and I started doing literature reviews on gain-of-function research on coronavirus. And I found a laundry list. I found a laundry list of literature showing that in the United States we had been doing what's called gain-of-function. That's where pathologists and virologists take a pathogen and they genetically modify it and make chimera strains so that they can give it a gain of function and make it more virulent and pathologic towards whatever host, animals, human, or whatever. And, and it turns out that in 2014, um, Ralph Barrick at, at Chapel Hill, North Carolina, published a landmark study where they took basically, in layman's terms, the common cold. That's what a coronavirus is. You learn right. on first day of medical school that there are family of coronaviruses they're very contagious, super spreaders. Everybody passes them around. We get the sniffles and you pass it on to the next guy. But it never goes down in the lung and kills anybody or causes blood clots or does any of the other weird things that SARS-CoV-2 has done. And so um, what you find out is that in 2014, they were taking the common cold and they were giving it a gain of function by trying to give it the spike protein, giving it the ability to bind to the ACE2 receptor of the epithelial airway cells so that this common cold 
could walk its way down into your lung and now be a, a, a bad pneumonia flu. And they successfully did it, make no mistake about it. The literature's there. They did take the coronavirus, and they did weaponize it, they did give it a gain of function, and they, they weaponized the cold and turned it into this killer flu. Um, in 2015, Congress passed a moratorium against this. I don't know if they suspected or what, but they passed a moratorium and put a freeze on all gain of function research done on upper, upper respiratory infections, including coronavirus and SARS. But guess what? Fauci and Barrick and the NIAD and them continued to sponsor these studies. And they went ahead and did it anyway. They went ahead and did the publication in 2015, despite the moratorium. Their, their justification for it was, well, we started the study before the moratorium. So we, we're allowed to see it through to the end. Uh, then conveniently, um, they had to stop. And the Obama administration, uh, and I want to say approximately $5 million, and all of that information that Barrick and all of his associates published at Chapel Hill, North Carolina, that all got transferred to the Wuhan uh, Institute of Virology because they don't have any governmental oversight. And what it appears is that then from abroad, our people collaborated with their people to continue doing gain of function for the next four years until they had perfected SARS-CoV-2. So, you know, when we're, when we're sitting in the midst of the pandemic or in the lockdowns and you're reading literature, seeing all of this, this paper trail of how they're doing this, and then coincidentally, the, the source of the outbreak is five minutes from the world's leading BSL level four bioterrorism lab that specializes in coronaviruses. Um, I, I knew then in my heart and soul, I knew then that it was the world's first bioweapon. Now, and it took a long time to confirm that because when you, if you, if you went back to that era, 2020, and said that, every single person I ran into said, you're, you're, you're a nut. Oh, yeah. You're a conspiracy, conspiracy theorist. For sure. You know, for, for the people in the audience who don't know about conspiracy theory, um, even recently on Fox News, um, what's the main anchor on Fox News, the popular guy? Uh, uh, Tucker? Yeah, Tucker even just did a big hit on this about how, you know, the Freedom of Information Act has now shown that the CIA was involved with the JFK assassination. He just did a one hour, you know, view on, on Fox. So this is mainstream media. Um, and we know that that's where the idea of conspiracy theory comes from. After the JFK assassination, um, the CIA leaked out this idea of conspiracy theory, and it began becoming sort of a common vernacular used in movies and hit pieces and folklore and everything, so that in the future, when you say the word conspiracy theory, it evokes an emotion right. in the person that thinks of some tinfoil hat-wearing right. psychopath, and it totally removes any credibility. Right. And it's, it's a psyop. Right. It's a psychological operation. They've been doing this crap for years. They, the military know how to do psyops. Yeah. And so people, and people are going to, they don't want to believe that either, but they can, they can check that out. And so, um, so now let me circle back because I lost my train of thought. <laughs> and that's what I do, unfortunately, is, you know, we, we, we go on rabbit trails. But, yeah. but here's the point. Um, the, uh, um, 
the idea of being a conspiracy theorist, that was also sort of an important thing because all you have to do, and I, I've seen this for years now, all you have to do is just label somebody with that and immediately they lose credibility. That's right. And it's a very easy way to shut somebody down. Right. You know, and so I've been labeled a conspiracy theorist. Oh yeah, we circled back. The neuron just found its, its track back. <laughs> I was labeled that in 2020 when I said, I think we may be looking at the world's first bioweapon. And, and people are like, you know, that's ridiculous because it's outside of their paradigm, right? It's not in their worldview. You know, in the Manhattan Project in the 1930s and 40s, bombing uh, nuclear bombs are outside of the world road too. Right. people have been killing people in wars for 5,000 years there never been anything like Hiroshima and Nagasaki right then it happened right. we entered the nuclear age and now it's old news it was 80 years ago and that's that right so it's in our worldview bioweapons are not in people's worldview they're not in their paradigm it's never happened before and so they can't get their mind around the fact that people in the military can can make something biologic terrorism, if you will, and potentially release it and have an impact over the globe. And so I think I think it just it created a lot of cognitive dissonance for people to hear that. Now there's plenty of people who have vetted it time and time again. Um, for your listeners, anybody who who would want one of the best resources would be go on to an alternative platform like BitChute, Rumble, Brighteon or Odyssey and type in David Martin, Dr. David Martin. Um, the pandemic and let him sit down and just start showing you receipt after receipt and patent after patent and building the case of of the bioweapon that they made. And so now the argument is, okay, they made the bioweapon, but they accidentally let it out. You know, that's there's people out there who are now starting to concede that look, the information is so overwhelming that they made it, that this is not a man-made pathogen. Anybody who believes that anymore really either just hasn't looked at the information or they're living in a fairy tale world. So they'll concede that it's a bioweapon. They made it in a lab, but they won't concede that it was purposefully released for some kind of purpose. So, you know, that's that's the next level of conjecture, right? right. Was it Was it an accident or not? Right. Well, and I think what you said a moment ago, it's outside of people's you know, purview is most people can't make the leap or they choose not to make the leap, right? right. They take yeah. the red pill yeah. and they're, they're good to just believe, you know, well, that can't possibly be, why would anybody want to do that? So they didn't do it. Yeah, right. I, I agree with that. It's too difficult to believe that, you know, they, whoever they are, whether it be government or military or you know, a cabal of, of nations or whatever the case may be. And then I started, you know, this is back during the lockdown. Then I started looking at it through other perspectives. I, I realized that money, you know, runs the world. And I understand that corp, you know, corporate, uh, corporatism, um, Fortune 500 companies, it's all based on profit. And that very first week when I saw organizations like Disney World, who just came out and said, I mean, this thing's brand new. No one knows anything about it. They're, they're trying to make us think that a lot of people are dying real, real fast, but it's not at the level that they're advertising. That, that part was very clear. And companies like Disney World said, you know what? We're just going to shut down for the whole season. We're willing to leave $200 million on the table. No problems. Take, you know, we're ready to shut it down. The very next day, the NBA, we're going to step in and, and we're going to join you in this fight and we're going to lay $400 million down on the table. And all of these huge, greedy, money-driven corporations, every single one 
just instantaneously, no questions asked, we're going to lay it all down. And I thought, how is that possible? Now, there's not anybody that's going to push back and say, wait a sec, you know, we don't even know what we're dealing with here. We're just going to let all this lay on the table. That, you know, that just didn't sit well with me. I knew something was fishy there too. And so I just, I continued to study it and invest my time and energy into it. There came a point in time where I, you know, I told my wife, there's going to be a treatment because it's, that's the next logical thing. So not only did I, and this is, this is not some trying to uh, embellishment, trying to, you know, grandstand me or sensationalize me. I'm no prophet or anything like that, but for, and in the future, maybe a different podcast, it would be fun to go into how this happened. But when you, when you're, when you see something like COVID coming, I didn't know it was COVID, but you're waiting for it to come. And then that shoe drops, you go, Oh, there it is. Because the globalists have been talking about this for a long time. They've been saying that we need a world event to change things, you know, and I've been reading the globalist literature for 25 years. And so when, when you've been reading their literature and they've been talking about we need the right major world catastrophe, you know, to move us into the new world order or the great reset or whatever. For years, I've been saying to my wife, I wonder what the, you know, the, 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 the right world thing is going to be. Is it going to be a war? Is it going to be this? So when COVID came, I suspected that that was it. And then, you know, very quickly I extrapolated that, okay, there's going to be a treatment. So I, I predicted in advance that there was going to be a vaccine and I suspected that it would have a new technology. It would be something different. And sure enough, they came out with a gene therapy. Of course, they won't call it that because they know that, you know, and I, I don't say this um, facetiously, but they know that the lab rats are a little bit smarter than lab rats. We're, we wouldn't roll up and take gene modulation and gene therapy if we knew it was that but if you tell us it's a vaccine we've been taking vaccines for a century so you know okay our doctors are going to trust vaccines they had to change the legal definition of vaccine when they rolled out COVID. that's true they did because it, it does not fulfill the requirements of a typical vaccine that's true and so it became very clear to me and, and then you know continuing to build on this case then you see the government come out right so biden of all people um, you know, saying that now we're going to mandate this, that everybody's going to take it. All the first responders, all the doctors. I had multiple doctors that were going on YouTube and other platforms and trying to have just dialogue about what they were seeing in the hospitals, things that didn't add up and immediately boom, blacklisted, deplatformed. And every person even those who weren't coming against the narrative, but had anything to say regarding an intelligent conversation, they were just shut down. Yeah, just asking a question. Just asking a question. It didn't go with you're uh, done, uh, the right? narrative. Yeah, you're And out. so then again, that continued to build in me and it continued to authenticate like, okay, there's something going on, right? You, why is it that we can't ask questions? Um, and, and then of course, when the mandates came out and they said, you're going to take it, you know, when I had patients come in and say to me, you know, I've been in the military for 18, 20 years, and I got a few more years to retire, and they're going to dishonorably discharge me. I'll lose all my benefits and everything if I don't take it. That's right. I've done three tours in Iraq, and I'm about to lose all my benefits and the whole bit if I don't take it. And I'm thinking, 
I thought we. I thought what we. That make? Yeah, I'm like I thought we lived in the United States of America, not the United States of Babylon. Well, and, and so and here's you know one thing that I noticed, and I'm I'm nobody, right? I'm just Joe ordinary, getting the same news that everybody else is getting. But one thing that didn't make sense to me, and a lot of it didn't make sense to me, obviously, because I, I think a little bit, but uh, you know when we're when we are talking about having such a shortage of medical staff in our mm. country to meet the demand of this yeah. pandemic yeah. but we are going to lay off and fire nurses and doctors and first responders yep. if they don't get this like something how does that, that make sense at all you know and there's two types of people you know i think I have a lot of friends, family, and loved ones who, who did this, so I'm not I'm not casting stones at them. They trusted the doctors, or they trusted the science, or they trusted Fauci, or somehow they trusted Biden. Th these are the people they wanted to put their trust into, but um, you know they believed, right? They 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 you know they said, well, I thought it was a good thing to do. I was just trying to do my part. I can appreciate that. Right. Then there's a second group of people that are like, you know what? This doesn't sound right. This is going against medical freedom. It's going against informed consent. It's going against uh, the Constitution. Um, you can't make me do something that I don't feel comfortable with. And those, you know, those are the people like me and you who are like, you know, I just can't go with this. Um, and so, you know, they continue to build the cases on the PCR test. The, the doctor who invented the PCR, uh, Dr. Mullis, he said categorically, you cannot use it for diagnostic purposes. It's sensitive not specific what does that mean you can find old viral dna in in the human body we have all kinds of viral dna all throughout the genome and many of us have had different viruses throughout our lifetime you can get chicken pox at two and have it come back and cause shingles at 70 years old how is that possible hpv you can get it when you're young and it can come back and cause you know cervical cancer different things like the hiv these things linger in our genome they're part of us and so um, if you run the PCR test above like 25 cycle thresholds, you can find old viral DNA and you can say test positive. So for me, in my particular situation, I had a lot of elective surgical cases scheduled and, and now part of the pre-op testing outside of like an EKG and blood work is you got to get COVID tested. And then naturally these people would test positive for COVID and they would be forced to go home and isolate for 10 to 14 days and then they could come back. And they'd come back and about two thirds of them, and this is before I really was fully awake and knew what was going on, but I suspected. I'd say, well, how bad was it? And at least two thirds of them were like, it was great. You know, I went golfing, I finished my roof. I never had a single symptom. And in medicine, that, that was always known as false positives. I mean, infectious disease is based on clinical exam. People come in with fever and, you know, when you got the flu, you got the flu. Everybody who has the flu, is sick. They got body aches and fever and everybody who's got pneumonia is sick and everybody who's got, you know, staph infection has got a red hot cellulitis. Like the clinical exam has symptoms and to, to swab somebody and say, well, this says you're positive, which now, by the way, goes as part of the case-demic. It's That's building right. the cases so that every day when we're at home sheltering in place, we're seeing now 500,000 cases in whatever county and, and it's rising, I'm convinced that the majority of that or at least part of that were false positives. And this is exactly why the inventor of the test said you can't use it for diagnostic purposes. It's sensitive, it'll find old DNA, 
but it's not specific. You can't you can't claim COVID for that. It's even possible to get an old attenuated flu vaccine and have some of that old viral DNA put into you three or four or five years ago and potentially have that test positive on a PCR, depending on how they run the PCR. Of course, you couldn't have that conversation with anybody either. You couldn't talk to doctors about it. You couldn't talk to anybody about it. You certainly couldn't go on any public platform and talk about it because you were going to bring the wrath of hell on yourself. And so, you know, and, and, then, and then we get to, you know, hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, nutraceuticals, and other treatments. I mean, this is fascinating. So, you know, this is SARS-CoV-2. Um, there was SARS-CoV-1 in 2003. Wasn't a pandemic it was more of an epidemic in certain areas right and you know the NIH and them put out this uh, huge research uh, proposal to try and figure out how to manage this SARS-CoV problem and they began publishing research right now any person could just do a PubMed literature review and type in um, chloroquine or hydroxychloroquine and SARS-CoV-1 or coronaviruses and you would get studies that pop up showing that hydroxychloroquine in 2005 was um, able to stop viral replication, it was able to suppress the infection. So the powers that be, part of the NIH and all of them within the FDA, they were already doing studies over the last 15 years after SARS-CoV-1 verifying that there are other treatments that are available. These are published research articles. And yet, when COVID hit, you went to the ER, they weren't, no one gave you anything. You just went back home, you come back if your lips are blue, you got admitted, put on a ventilator. There was no treatment. Right. And, and when people did come out with these other alternatives, they were demonized. Right. Like the Lancet, who published the false study. Even Trump, who got admitted to the hospital on a Friday with the deadly COVID that kills everybody. And he, I think he left on a Monday, so he spent 48 hours or so in the hospital, and he got he got hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, you know. And then and then it's then I love the news how we're dealing with the horse dewormer, you know, these yeah. these hacks. And it's like, if anybody just did a literature search, they'd see that ivermectin, the the Japanese called ivermectin, a decade ago, a decade before COVID-19, they called ivermectin the wonder drug, second most important drug since the invention of penicillin has antiviral properties, anti-HIV properties, anti-malarial properties, anti-parasitic properties, and antibacterial properties. But yet over here in the United States of Babylon, it is the, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a horse dewormer. Yeah, and, and the only people taking there are the conspiracy yeah, theorists. You're yeah, a, you're a conspiracy theorist, right? And so now the question is, why did they come out against it? Beyond the fact that, you know, I, I forget what it costs, like, 50 cents or 30 cents for right. hydroxychloroquine or right. something and they wanted to they tried to paint the picture that this stuff will kill you it's bad for it it's like we got, i think we have 70 years of data on hydroxychloroquine and like 30 on ivermectin so you know it's like you know i was born at night but i wasn't born last night i mean we we have three quarters of a century of data on, on hydroxychloroquine so you can try and demonize it and say that it's going to make you sick all day long or it can kill you and and that, that, that just doesn't, that doesn't pass the sniff test either. But um, it turns out that the government, they're very thoughtful. So <laughs> this is all under the EUA, see, the Emergency right. Use Authorization. Right. That's right. And that gives the government full power and autonomy to do whatever they want. Right. Because it's in the midst of crisis. Right. And they use the media to make very 
sure that we all believe that the greatest existential threat since our birth on, on this earth was this invisible crisis that was going to kill us all. And so... Um, Which, if you go to CDC today, yeah. you can go read about the UA and all that other stuff. And, right. But it's, like I said, once again, very vague, very um, so, non-specific. So, so here's what's interesting about the EUA, the emergency use authorization. It turns out that um, you can't really enter into an EUA legally in the midst of a pandemic if there's another another safe and alternative therapy available. That's right. And so naturally, see, it's not safe. I mean, we, there's no way we can allow something as simple as, which has been proven. We have we have journals proving it on coronaviruses, right. SARS-CoV-1. Right. Um, there's no way we can allow hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, and other treatment regimens to be available because then we couldn't roll out the gene therapy. And so that had to be demonized. We had to have the fake studies. We had to suppress and, and blacklist and deplatform anybody who came against it so that this is the only choice. Alternative, right. And then if you go back and just Google some of the imagery at that time, the, the public relations campaign was just off the charts. I remember it was the, it was the COVID summit and all of the greatest doctors are there with Fauci and they're all wearing red, white, or blue. They have a red, white, or blue banner in the back, all um, you know, blue suits, white, and then Trump, of course, is in the center with his red, endorsed by Donald J. Trump. At that point, you know, most of the Americans were in, had fallen in love with him, so they would have followed him anywhere. But endorsed by Donald J. Trump, that was an important thing. I'm not saying Trump was with it or wasn't with it. I don't know. He, like the rest of us, he's just getting the intelligence that he's receiving. Right. Bottom line is it doesn't matter. The powers that, that be knew that if he's endorsing it, that's good enough for most. And this is how, they, how they're talking. This is the kind of language they're using. You know, we need to come up with some brand new therapy. It's never been done before. We need a new technology, something that's, you know, we got to put the greatest minds together and come up with a solution. Meanwhile, Robert Malone, you know, invented the mRNA technology in 1980 and did his first publication, which I have sitting at home on my desk, 1989. The mRNA vaccine delivery uh, technology, the lipid nanoparticle, all that, that, that that's, that's, that's old news. This is old news. Um, this began the rabbit hole for me for going back and looking at the lipid nanoparticle and the different components of mRNA for vaccine delivery systems. How long have they been working on this? And I, I ran into just an overwhelming amount of information. They've been working on these mRNA vaccines for decades, decades. That's what Francis Boyle, Dr. Francis Boyle said. He, he's the one and any person could Google him and listen to some of his lectures, they'll blow your mind. He wrote the bioterrorism um, legislation that Reagan and Bush put into the administration in the 1980s. And he said, even in the 1980s, 40 years ago, they were working on gene therapy in the bioweapon labs for future vaccinations. And, and so, um, you know, it just, it just, so, so there's this big public relations campaign. You know, the people need to get behind it. We've got the existential threat. We've got to get our shots. If they just showed up before, if COVID hadn't come out and they just came out and said, hey, everybody, we've got a brand new gene therapy shot for you. We're not sure what it'll do to you, but we're going to give it to you. No one would have taken it. So they had to make the bioweapon. It's called problem, reaction, solution. 
they had to invent the problem then they had to control the reaction which is fear um, the vast overwhelming majority of the media are controlled there are companies like BlackRock that control 90% of the world's media they control all the media they bring the fear response and we know how powerful fear is oh yeah yeah you're, you're gonna kill your grandmother and your family right. Right? and the guilt response what about your friends you can't get them dead you know the, the, the globalists <laughs> have been saying for years never let a good crisis go to waste I agree and they've been waiting for the right global crisis right you know they've been talking about this since 1974 since the Kissinger report when Kissinger said in 1974 he put out his report any person can look that up there are too many people on the planet we're gonna have to find a way to curb the population we're not gonna be able to deal with everything going forward Bill Gates said that in a TED talk in 2010 and that we need to start doing, you know, we're going to start using different therapies, Planned Parenthood, pushing abortions. Um, they, they commented on using different vaccine strategies and technologies for that. Um, they've been, they've been, you know, if you've been paying attention and you've been looking at what the globalists and the world leaders have been espousing, they've actually been whispering this. They've been playing their cards on their sleeve for decades. I think you're right. It's just most of us, you know, are, are uh, half of us could barely hardly get through the week, man. Right. Um, you know, so, so most of us, it's, it's gone over our head. And then, and then they knew that when they pushed the fear campaign on the level that they did, um, you know, where no matter what source of information you look at for that first year, it was just COVID, 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 COVID. And then naturally when they dropped the solution, the people ran for the solution, you know? Um, and now we're beginning to see the fruit of that decision because, and it's, it's all very debatable and controversial. Nobody wants to talk about it. There's, there's a ton of doctors out there all around the globe, um, South America, Canada, Mexico, Japan, uh, you know, Russia, there are doctors all around. We're, we're, we're a couple, we're three years into this pandemic now, and you know, well into a what, year, year and a half into the, the shots. And so we're beginning to get a lot of preliminary data. The bottom line is, is we still won't know for another three to five years, the full ramifications of it, and probably even longer than that. But you know, some of the terminology that's being used now is, you know, things like in Europe, you know, SADS, the brand new diagnosis, sudden adult death syndrome, you know, people between 18 and 49 are mysteriously dropping dead and no one can figure out why and there's been a big uptick in that and it, it began exactly correlative with the with the rollout of the injections and people say well you can't prove causation no I can't I can't prove that the reason why 20 year old Billy dropped dead is from that but I can prove correlation and I can show you the radical uptick in the in people dying at the same time that the rollout came and and you know conveniently a brand new diagnosis see because when you label something people are satisfied when you say well gosh he died of something what was it well he had sads sudden adult death syndrome right right oh he had sads okay <laughs> they're also using the terminology of vades you know vaccine induced acquired immunodeficiency syndrome and there have been multiple doctors who started publishing on this um published and, and this isn't across the board so one thing that i don't want to do is i don't want to scare people um or you know 
we're all created equal, but our genome and things are different. I'll give you a perfect example. I've known people who, you know, smoked a pack of cigarettes and uh, a day for 50 years and drank a bottle of vodka for 50 years and are still trucking, and others who, you know, dabbled in it for a few years and got cancer, right? I know people are going to take the shots, they're going to be fine. Yeah. And I've known people who've taken the shots who've been devastated by it. Um, and I've had personal friends and, uh, and some acquaintances who I believe have died directly as a result of it. I have a ton of patients who come through every day who they bring it up to me and we get to talking about it and, and they tell me as a testimony, you know, I didn't have brain fog and tremors and neuropathy and autoimmune disease and, and um, you know, all of these different, you know, heart problems and, and, and dizziness and fainting spells and all this up until I started taking the shots. And I've, and I've seen that anecdotally with a ton of patients. Um, so, you know, I, I've been doing my own kind of internal, you know, investigation, uh, you know, when people want to, when, when people want to talk about it. And, I, and I'm, I'm not trying to label everything as that, but where most of the medical community live is this, if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So their starting point is that the brand new gene therapy experimental shots can do no harm, and therefore if Miss Jones comes in with a heart attack today, it was just time for Miss Jones to get a heart attack. Let's talk about that for a minute. So before we started, I talked I talk to you about the medical community, right? And <clears throat> for me, there's a tremendous amount of trust issue there at this point. Yeah. You know, we're a medically dependent family. We go, to, yeah. we go to clinic all the time. We went this last week. But the trust factor is a major problem right yeah, now. Okay, yeah, sure. So, going back to what was the fail stop? The fail stop should have been your doctor, your medical community, your your hospital system, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But that didn't happen. No, because they all were overwhelmed with everything too, the mandates and right, and they're all cogs in the wheel. I agree. What what would you what would you say about all that right there? Uh, what I would say about that is is that the timing of this pandemic and the, and the psychological operation that's been performed on us was so impeccable. The timing. Um, this wouldn't work twenty years ago. Um, there are a couple of instrumental things that had to be in play. Number one, even back in my days, you know, uh, I went to medical school in nineteen ninety eight. But even then. Um, a lot of doctors were still in private practice and in the in the 70s 80s and 90s they were very autonomous they didn't always subscribe to the standard of care the big government organizations like cdc fda and american medical association are not the ones who dictated treatment plans um, there weren't these logarithms that you just plugged into you use your own brain right you figure things out yourself and by the way you work for yourself you were the master of your own income and so you weren't working for a hospital system or somebody else who had control. But then over the last 25 years, we've seen a complete reversal where right. now medicine has become, instead of you being an independent critical thinker who's autonomous and, and does things you know according to what you believe, and a lot of doctors will disagree with this out of their own you know pride, but they've slow, all of us in general, have slowly moved into this system of we're cogs in a wheel. It's the medical system's become a big machine, right? And it's moving a certain direction, and we've become a, a little cog in a big giant wheel. Right. And our income and our livelihood is coming from the system, and we're being told from the chain of command that didn't really used to exist on this level above us that this is how it has to be done. And so we just believe what we're told, and we're just part of that machine, and we just move along with it. Well, I, I would even. I would even say that it 
even if they don't believe, it doesn't matter, right? Right. I think that's a, that's a big part of it. You're, you just mentioned how they're not uh, independently operated. They are in joint ventures together. They're a partnership with other doctors, other uh, medical groups, other yeah. medical communities, other hospitals, and suddenly your your organization, instead of being one doctor or two doctors, you're you're at uh, an employed staff of maybe a hundred thousand people for right. for any major medical whatever community um, office. So you have all this going on, and we can even break that down to the fact of how uh, drug makers and drugs are distributed, how they start mm-hmm. out first in the office, how all that stuff is manipulated yep. by the sales of, of drugs. And suddenly your your doctor's pushing this or pushing that because they're going to get a kickback for this or a kickback for that. And there are things that are pushed. And this is a common thing that's happened in the government as well. Sure. Um, s- certain overseas in the government get bonuses. That's that's a fact. Yeah. They do. Um, certain organizations, certain three-letter you know, organizations, depending on where you rank and, and where you are on the chart, you are qualified with bonuses depending on what kind of results you get. Well, obviously you're going to skew yeah, sure. your ideas, your you know preferences mm-hmm. towards that ideation that you're getting paid more money for, right? For me, what I see as being the difference is not only were you probably financially biased in one direction, but then you become peer biased. And trying to go out on your own, which if you want to talk about that a little bit more, I think that'd be great to hear as well. Sure. But going out on your own, you're, you're so you're, you're out up, there. You're swimming upstream. That's right. Yeah. Without a paddle. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe not even a boat. Yep. Yeah, you're, you're I mean, everything's on the line for, for these people. And I, I, there's a lot of friends and colleagues I have who they really believe in what they're doing. They believe that the mandates are right. Every person should be forced to get the shots and that these shots can only do no harm. They believe that how they've been able to work their self into that mental paradigm is right. beyond me. But, you know, um, that's what they believe. And, so, and, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have an issue with that. Yeah, I mean, um, at least they believe it, right? They believe it. They truly yeah. believe it. No, there and, were others that didn't, though. There were a lot of people I, I knew. Think, I was in the hospital system, and there were a lot of people who came to me and said, I do not want to do this. And they wrote their letters, their letters uh, of medical purpose, medical letters and religious letters, which were all denied almost across the board. And many of those people folded because... They needed the health insurance. They got a sick child, or they, you know, they weren't prepared to lose everything, lose their job and their income and their, their, you know, um, healthcare and things. And so they they ended up having to succumb to it. But there were a lot of people who did it against their will. Um, they, it was like medical kidnapping, if you right. will. And so, um, but and, and then there were a lot who were fine with it. You know, they just weren't. They just weren't suspicious, and they and they went ahead and did it. So, right. and, and 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 you went down that road as well. I mean, you you lost everything, right? More yeah, I mean, less. you know, yeah. I, I, I well, let's put it like this: I cleaned out the retirement account; it's gone. I cleaned out the savings account; it's gone, and I crushed a pretty high interest rate loan, business loan, because at that point I needed a loan, and it's gone. And we'll just leave it at that. So that's. That's that's the last eighteen month transition for me. Um, you know, being almost forty nine years old in a couple months, my wife was seven months pregnant. I had a lot. I've already had two children. Um, I knew it was going to be a heavy cost. People are like, you know, why in the you know, 
why in the heck <laughs> would you do all this for a vaccine? You've gotten your flu shots and your polio shots and stuff in the past. And it, was, it came back to the, the, whole for, the whole foresight thing. I had the foresight to know, right? So uh, I knew that they were planning something big on the world stage to begin moving everything into a different direction. And that's something we should talk about, you know, the plans of where all this is going. And then, you know, I suspected that they would come out with uh, the different things. And so when it played out like I anticipated it playing out and all of the different things I saw, how could I possibly in good faith do it? You know, I, I give a lot to ignorance for people. Ignorance doesn't mean stupid. Ignorance means unaware. Just don't know. If right. you didn't know any better, well, I don't, I'm not going to hold you accountable. You're, you're, you're like the lamb who's being led to the slaughter. You know, right. by the, by the, by the, there's wolves in sheep's clothing who, are, who have fangs, but they're putting on sheep suits. And you may not be able to discern between them, and you're, you're, you're naive, and you're following them. That's okay. It's, I, it's more difficult to give a pass to the people who really know what's going on, but end up doing it anyway. And even then, I, I sympathize with those people because I think they did it for altruistic purposes, right? Like to protect family. Most people did it so they wouldn't lose everything they had and so on and so forth. For me, that wasn't an option. I, you know, I I'd had to do my own soul searching, and I did. And I made my decision. And, you know, it's it's been a heavy price, but think, it was worth but it. But that's, that's a big key statement right there because... You're not a guy that's up here being animated and excited about something because you have a platform to say something. No, I don't it's have It's because a it's cost you a lot. Yeah. It's cost you a lot. Most people, especially at this stage in life, mm -hmm. are not willing to give up their house, give up their job, give up their safety, their savings, their money, their retirement, and put themselves way out there where they're going to be ostracized. Nobody wants that. No. Especially in a small community where you know that all the other doctors and nurses and staff are going to be staying on board and you're going to be the one who leaves and so you know um you, you you know you you look like the fool right and i'm sure there have been many people who have thought that you know and, right. and, and it is what it is you gotta have tough skin to make that kind of you gotta have yeah. thick skin to make that decision right and that you know there's a lot of other people that did it too don't get me wrong i'm just one of many there's a right. lot of people that did it and there's a lot of people that didn't do it for one reason or another but the bottom line is is they use fear the spirit of fear is alive and well in Babylon. Fear is a powerful, motivating force. That's why Jesus himself commands time and time again, fear not, fear not, and fear not. And our own scriptures say that God doesn't give you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And so when you allow the spirit of fear into your life, which we've all done, I'm guilty, we're all guilty. But when you allow that into your life and you don't, you know, you don't seek the counsel and wisdom of God on something, now it's the spirit of fear which is becoming a stronghold in your life and that's speaking into your mind and that's what's leading you to do things and and that's why you're blindfolded to the truth uh, that's why a lot of my christian brothers and sisters um you know are still can't wait to run down and, and, and get their next uh, latest and greatest shot right um, because they're afraid right and um so you know that's something that i would say to anybody listening is is that you cannot allow the fear to manifest in your life. You have to rebuke the fear and you have to stand up against it and um, walk in faith. Faith extinguishes fear. That's right. right. That's right. So if somebody was wanting to find some good, valid research information, because there's a lot of people that are listening and thinking, oh, I don't know about that. I don't know about yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Um, 
this guy, who is this guy? You know, sure. um, if somebody were wanting to look up some valid information, because there's a ton of bad information out there, there's it, a ton. and legitimately on both sides, probably. Yeah, absolutely. Um, where would they go to find something? It's a great question. Um, the internet has been the internet. Internet is the source of information, and because of that, it is greatly monitored and greatly controlled. I agree. And so, um, you know, I have been printing out medical journals um, since the beginning. When medical journals make it through rigorous testing and get put out, and a lot of them are medical journals from other places because in America, that's the almost the last place you'll see it because we're the tip of the spear in terms of, of, of the blindfold. I mean, the United States, um, they have suppressed more in terms of truth-seeking, doctors, science, studies than any other country that exists on this earth. Make no mistake about that. And so we live right in the middle of it. So it is difficult to, to, to get that. Um, so, you know, I, I always tell people, you know, and I, I hate to plug Google. I should. That's why I say just do a literature search. You know, just do a do an internet search and 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 see where you land. But for example, I mean, any person can do a literature search and see that the shots cause myocarditis and pericarditis in young people. Plus, well, even on CDC, right? Yeah, of course. But I there's mean, no numbers. <laughs> there have been record numbers of professional athletes worldwide who've dropped dead of heart attack. So, you said that we had an incident this last week, right? So, when you punch in the first name of Mr. Hanlon, yeah. immediately, the first thing, the first 15 things that come up, it was not he, he related. was not the shot, it's not related. It of would course. have to be assumptuous, uh, uh, presumptuous to, to have this, this, this to come together to make that circumstance happen. It's interesting that without any, you know, provocation of what he's been diagnosed with, that's the first response. There regardless. are so many layers put in place on the media to make sure that we are spoon-fed what they want us to have. Right. That they're under every rock to make sure that people go, I wonder, oh, okay, wait a second. You know, CNN said that it wasn't the shot, so I can move on. <laughs> they told you it was safe and effective, too. They told you that a brand new, never been done before, experimental gene therapy right. is safe and effective. I mean, how can you make a statement about something that you have no literature on, no FDA right. studies, right. not even a year? Right. So, but again, the, the words have power and people receive the words, right? And right. I mean, there are, there are doctors um, coming out now telling us things like, and people can, can do, you know, just do an internet search and, and sift through it for a while and try to get to the bottom of it yourself. But, you know, there, there have been cardiologists like... Um, Yes, like like names of specific people or, or places yeah, that you, so, you feel um, are validated. Um, oh, his name is slipping my mind right now. He's in Dallas. He's right down the road. He's the, probably the most. He's one of the most published cardiologists in the United States. Who's been one of the most active, um, Peter uh, McCullough. Okay. So you can you can Google Peter McCullough. That guy's got thousands of, of uh, interviews on the internet, including one he just did about what happened with. Hamlin on on the on the uh, what what his opinion was on that, but um, so Peter McCole is a good one. Ryan Cole, pathologist out of Idaho, who you know, kind of blew the whistle early on, saying now we're seeing we have a new new word that's come out this year. As far as I know, it's called turbo cancer. I don't know if you've heard it. Have not. Well, pay attention to it. You'll start hearing it a lot. 
I heard it three times this week in the medical world. Never heard it before in my life until a couple months ago. But turbo cancer is um, people dying weeks and, and within months of diagnosis from radical metastatic cancer that is new. Nobody understands it. Just big, bad, ugly, nasty cancers taking them out fast. And again, the reason I, I cringe to talk about this stuff is because I know there are going to be people out there that, you know, we, we all have loved ones, whether you took it or your family took it or whatever, we all have people that we care about that right. took, took them. But, um, you know, there are doctors that have been publishing research, and I'm sure we're running out of time. We, we got a couple more. Go ahead. Uh, there's, there's doctors that have been publicly, they public, there was a big article that came out in one of the journals about, um, you know, spike protein suppresses P53 tumor suppressor gene. Studies showing spike protein damages the T-cells, CD8 natural killer T-lymphocytes, which are the primary defense against cancer cells going rogue. Studies showing that the effects of the COVID shots damage the BRCA BRCA1 repair system, which is what repairs fractured DNA. Whenever you've been around um, radiation or some kind of carcinogen that's caused a d damage to your DNA, God gave you a repair mechanism to repair that damaged DNA so you wouldn't replicate that DNA over and over and over. It's called the BRCA1, BRCA1. So that's three, alter, three independent pathways that we've identified that this can potentially cause cancer. Um, we uh, have a study showing now, they said it couldn't affect the DNA, but we now have a landmark study that showed that it, um, the mRNA uses reverse transcriptase which is an enzyme that allows it to go across the cell membrane and into interrupt into the cell nucleus, so it has the potential to alter chromosomes and DNA. So, um, you know, cancer is DNA that's gone rogue, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think it takes a brain surgeon right. to figure that. There's a mutation somewhere, right. and now it's being replicated. Well, you're putting in gene therapy into your system, gene therapy that, um, you know, has aborted fetal tissue in it, and gene therapy that has polyethylene glycol, which is a souped-up version of antifreeze. That's right. You know, go, go feed your dog antifreeze and yep. see how it turns out for him. Um, you know, and, and there's other adjuvants and things in there that we don't even know. The, the funniest thing in the world was um, Pfizer tried to, um, no, excuse me, the FDA tried to put in a, 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 a law or whatever where they wouldn't have to disclose the ingredients of the jab for 75 years. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> Until 2096. Yeah. So if anybody Googles this right now, it'll pop up on your phone. A federal judge, they, they used the FOIA, a FOIA Act, yeah. Freedom of Information right. Act. So they shot it down. But here's the point. Pfizer was unwilling to release any documents about the development or the ingredients of the shot for 75 years and had to use the Freedom of Information Act to subpoena them to make them begin releasing information. So... Seventy-five years? <laughs> Come on! Does that? Uh, that's irrational. In well, my if it's uh, you know, if it's if it's truly helping and doing what it's supposed to do, don't we want to know? Don't we want everybody taking it and and well, that, being able you, to replicate it and if, know what's in it? And, if you go down right now and you you get a, a vial of Pfizer or Moderna, um, the package inserts blank to this day. Yeah. Uh, you can go and get any single drug that you ever get from the pharmacy going forward will come with a package insert. You open it up and it will tell you everything about the drug. You'll see the chemical structure, the compound structure, the pharmacokinetics, the pharmacodynamics, what to do in case of an overdose, its toxicity levels, how it's excreted, kidney, liver, whatever. Everything about the drug is right there on a piece of paper for the simple things like Advil, Motrin, Aleve, and Aspirin. But to this day, nobody really knows what's in the jab.
it's, yeah. it's a, the package insert remains blank. Right. Wow. Wow. Well, Doc, I appreciate you joining us again. And uh, we'll see. We can sit here and go we'll on for hours. We'll see how much trouble this one gets me. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll probably have you back, I'm sure. Yeah, I think but, we will. Uh, I think we will. So one, one more thing I want, I want to add to that is kind of like we qualified a while ago. You, you, you're vested in this. You're vested in the, the, the accuracy of truth, right? Yeah. Um, you know, not just because I'm, I feel the same way you do about it, but... You know, I wouldn't have asked you on here if I thought you were just right. out there in left field, just spouting out things. Um, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, wanted to talk to you about it, or wanted to uh, yeah, maybe see um, you for medical advice, how would they do that? Well, I have a practice in Marble Falls, and I have a website. It's hillcountrypodiatry.com. Okay. So you could go there, and uh, or you can just look me up on the internet, Dr. David Carmack, C-A-R-M-A-C-K, Podiatry, right. Marble Falls, and I'll, you'll see my little practice. And... Um, yeah, I'm, you know, and I'm I'm not one of those doctors who's pushing his agenda in his office. I mean, uh, people come in and they say, I'm, you know, I've got them and I'm getting the next one. And I'm, I respect their thing. My thing has always been medical freedom. Uh, right. I'm never going to stand in any single person's way to go get their shot, to go get their drugs, to go get their booze, to go get their whatever they want. Um, there's we all have to face our own decisions and there's consequences to everything, but no one's going to come to my head and, and, and tell me what I have to do. Right. right. And so right. I, I believe in that. So, um, you know, there, there's no agenda in my office where I'm trying to push or, or anything. You guys invited me on. And I just want to clarify that you guys invited me on because you wanted to know what, where my mind is regarding the shots. Yeah. And, and the reason I'm doing this isn't to scare people. Um, I want them to wake up because we're moving very quickly down a pathway. COVID is their baby. It's the vehicle that they're using to bring all kinds of future things. Even in September, three months ago, because of COVID, Biden passed the $2 billion biotechnology and bioinfrastructure bill, which is about moving into biology and technology merging together with all future mRNA vaccines, biometric systems going into the body, ways to monitor and control. Um, he passed the bioeconomy bill, which over the next four years is moving us to CBDC, central bank digital currency, right. digital wallets. Um, COVID is the reason and the opportunity to move us towards this global system. And so um, people just have to start waking up so that they can be the resistance or they're going to wake up and find themselves enslaved in, 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 a, in a new world order, which that's, is what they want. Yeah. So that's why I, I'm, I'm doing it. Not to scare them about the shots, although I would like people to be informed so that because they are rolling the dice. They might as well be in Vegas and every time they might as well just blow on it and roll the dice. They don't know how it's going to shake out. And so it doesn't make sense to do it. Not when it's not effective and, and, and doesn't stop transmission. So right. I guess that's where I'll leave off at. <laughs> well, uh, Doctor, I appreciate you being here once again. I know that's a lot of stuff. I know you're sticking your neck out to come out and tell people about this. I think that you truly do care about people. Somebody on the other side may say, think otherwise, but once again, what you said is I'm just trying to give them the information that nobody else has given them. That's right. Because nobody else is either uh, has the courage to do so or hasn't lost everything to do so or right. what have you. So thank you for being here again. You thanks for the information. Pleasure. And uh, yeah, thanks for having we, me. We might do this again. And talk maybe about, one day uh, we can something else. talk on something on a little lighter terms. Yeah, here. let's do something <laughs> else maybe. <laughs> well, thanks a lot, Doc. Uh, we will uh, catch you guys on the next one. Appreciate you very much. Keep